0: You're listening to the Seminary of Hard Knocks podcast, episode 71. We're going to talk about why nobody cares about your events, bro. Here's how you can promote it and cut through the noise. Let's go. Welcome to the Seminary of Hard Knocks, a podcast designed to help you master church communications and social media. These are practical solutions from the trenches that any church can use. Now, let's join your host, Seth Muse, who's just returned from another adventure. Hey everybody, how's it going? I'm back. I'm so glad to be with you this week. And uh, today I want to talk about how to promote events because we know that as Christmas is approaching and any really any time of the year, we've all got things that are coming up. We've got things we've got to promote and we have to get them at the front of the stage for the pastor to say it. Otherwise, it doesn't matter. And we all know that there's a way to do this right. There's a way to do it wrong. But we're really confused about how to get that uh, lined up. And the ultimate issue we're facing is that We care about our events a whole heck of a lot more than our people seem to. And there's a reason for that. Part of it, it could be that your event's not very great. That's just the harsh reality. Sometimes it's not a very good planned, very well planned event. Just like that sentence was not very good planned either. So sometimes it's just about the event. But other times... It's about how you promote that event that gets that crescendo of excitement going, and we're going to talk about that a little bit in this episode. You can find the show notes at sethmuse.com slash 71, and we're off. Nowadays, it's really hard to get people out to your event. It is. It's hard to get them off the couch. They've got everything at their fingertips with their cell phone or their tablet, Uh, Or their computer, they can go, they can stream things online. They don't need you. And especially they don't need the trouble of getting dressed, getting up, getting out of the house, spending money on gas, spending time getting there to your event that is at your church. It is very hard to get people motivated to actually physically be somewhere around other human beings. And today, if you're going to cut through the noise of all the other options that they have and motivate them to get somewhere, you're going to have to lay down some principles and do this right. Gone is the day where we can really say, hey, it's valuable because it's church. People just don't think that way anymore. Society has moved post-Christian, and if we haven't realized that, you need to realize it. The The value on church just isn't intrinsic anymore. It's not understood or agreed upon that just because it's a church event, it's probably good. In fact, we're leaning a little bit more towards the opposite, where people are more skeptical of church because of several bad things that have happened, but because we're just moving that way as a society people have very short attention spans. In fact, it's about eight seconds now is the latest that I've heard. Even some say seven. And if you didn't know this, the goldfish has an attention span of eight seconds. Have you ever watched a goldfish for eight seconds? Probably not because before it got bored with what it was doing, you got bored and turned away because our attention span is shorter than that of a goldfish. It's insane. But the fact is, is that people, uh, I think I read some, I read a stat and it's in, it's in a blog. I've quoted this and, uh, and documented this, but But it's exposed. uh, A human being is exposed up to ten thousand marketing messages per day. Now that's America, obviously, and uh, you know countries that are media savvy countries. But um, the average consumer is exposed up to ten thousand marketing messages per day. That's insanity. Today's consumer switches screens up to twenty-one times an hour. An hour. So if you think that because you said it once in front of them on church on the stage at church that the that the announcement sunk in think again we're not even paying attention to that one because in the event that they actually do hear your announcement, now you have to make sure that your announcement is about something they care about that's so much more important that they decide to choose that over soccer, or they decide to choose that over sleeping in that one day that they get to sleep in on Sunday, or they get choose that event versus doing homework late into the evening and getting good grades. I mean, this, these are real decisions that families have to make every single week. And when we put out events and we expect them to be at those events, the church is in a noob. Position where we don't run the community, we really don't. You may have that luxury and bless you if you do, but most churches, especially in the cities, don't run the community. So when there's basketball games or football games, those take precedence. And parents will even say things like, "My my son or my daughter is committed to this team. We're gonna make sure they're there." I'm like, "Well, what about our commitment to church? It just falls by the wayside a lot of times. You know that's true. So what we're competing with." is not only just this understanding of that church isn't like intrinsically valuable anymore, but there are things that are actually seen as more valuable. So if you want people to show up at your event, much less your weekly uh, services, you've got to create something different. And pastors have to wake up and recognize this. I think many of them are that this is a skill It has to be leveraged, and it and it honestly, guys, it feels crummy sometimes. It really does. But if you want to be heard, you've got to start looking at how you're promoting things and doing it in a way that creates excitement. So let's talk about how we create that excitement. I mentioned earlier that we want to create a crescendo of excitement. So what that means it's a musical term. It's as the music kind of goes from soft and gradually gets louder until it's finally as loud as it's going to be. That's the crescendo. So we start promoting events with a small murmur or just a quick announcement. Hey, this is coming. And over a period of time, whatever we we said, we'll talk about timelines in a second. We want that excitement, not only the excitement of the announcement and how we're doing it to get more and more exciting and grow, but we also want it to become more uh, pervasive, more in your face, a little bit more, um, uh, like loud, I guess if just, much more, it seemed to be much more important, and uh, sometimes we got to get kind of creative to to pull that off. So to pull off these events, let's talk about timelines because um, you kind of need to know when you're going to promote thing this this thing and how you're going to do it over the course of time. I find that it's best to work backwards when when you're trying to figure out how you're going to promote an event. So let's say an event is at the end of the month; that's four weeks away. So right up to that event, you need to know, kind of work your way backwards on how you're, kind, you're going to do that. So the of the announcement, what's it going to look like? Like the most exciting announcement you could think of, the best way to do it, that needs to be the week of, that week before for major events. And of course, I'm not talking about things like VBS and camp and things that take months of preparation and announcements and leaders and all this stuff. I'm talking about like, we're going to have a church potluck or we're going to have a Christmas party or, you know, things like that that are, that are kind of medium events, not these huge uh, flagship of the, of the ministry kind of events. I'm talking about their regular events that are outside of Sundays and outside of our big Super Bowl kind of events. So some important questions as you're working backwards to ask are first about dates. When is the actual event? You need to know that. When is the absolute last date for attendees to sign up? That, or when does the price go up? Or when is the last date that a volunteer can sign up that, ne- that you need to have all your volunteers squared away for that event? Those are really important dates. And as you get those dates, you start to develop this timeline working backwards of to see, okay, I need to promote for volunteers to get in there by this date. So I need to have it in my video announcements or I need to have my poster up or I need to have the bulletin or whatever you're doing. I need to talk about leaders first. Then we can start talking about hype for the event, whatever. So it helps you to plan if you work backwards. And the best way to work backwards is get those important dates. When is the money due? Also a really important question. People need to know, when's the latest I can give um, you my money? Now, and pro tip here, um, the earlier you make it painful for them, the earlier you're going to get that money turned in. So if the camp wants the final deposit two weeks before camp, you say, I want the final deposit four weeks before camp, because then all those stragglers that don't turn it in four weeks, you've got two extra weeks before you have to get it turned in. Or if you're doing an early bird pricing and the price is going to go up, don't put the early bird price to go away like a week before the event. People will just wait till the week before the event and then oh, price is going up. And it's the same they would have done if there was no early bird. So you really didn't leverage your early bird pricing to get people to sign up earlier, which helps you plan better. You just kind of did it for the sake of doing it, I guess. I don't know. But if you don't leverage that stuff, then you're not going to get the money in, in time. So take that, take money hurts, man. Anytime you can leverage money. And I hate to say it this way, but this is true. Anytime you can leverage money to motivate, it motivates people to take action faster. And I don't feel any shame about that. I know some people too, but man, when I'm trying to plan an event for 400 people or a I'm not concerned about somebody that's going, oh man, you know, it's just not right to talk about money. Well, then turn your money in on time. So here's some guidelines for sizes of events. If it's a big event, I might go four to six weeks out for promotion. If it's kind of of a department specific event, I might go three to four weeks, depends on what it is. Uh, again, unless it's something huge like VBS or camps or whatever. Uh, but a minor event with a really small crowd, I'd probably just do the day of, or just some limited stuff, maybe a week, less than a week, or two weeks out at the most. That I would say, here's something for this. Because honestly, guys, part of our our role as a church communicator or as a leader is to help departments understand that the communication about their stuff is really their responsibility. We're there to help and help it be good and help them do it better. Uh, and there's a lot of things they don't understand that we need to step in and do it for them. But anybody can send an email. Anybody can make a social media post. That stuff's not hard. So in helping them, empowering those departments to leverage the communication stuff that they can easily do is a big part of this. I don't know how many times uh, you, you'll probably come out and, and and somebody will be like, hey, you didn't promote my event. And, I, and you can ask, okay, well, how many emails did you send about it? None. Well, why not? Promote the event. Now, while those four to six weeks or however long you're going to promote are going on, you don't want to keep doing the same things over and over. That's, you want to keep mixing it up. So do a loop, uh, like a, a loop, that's what we call it, a video announcement one week, and then the next week do something that's, uh, you know, have your poster out. Or, or do something in the bulletin. And then the next week, maybe do a social media post and another uh, video announcement, or do a live announcement and, and tie it into something else that's going on. You know, just keep changing it up so that you're always talking about this event in different ways, because that way it doesn't sound the same every time you say it. If you just have the pastor or the executive pastor, or whoever does your hosting announcements, whatever, stand up before the church and read information every single week about one event for six weeks. For two weeks, they're going to hear it. For four weeks, they're going to get bored with it. And for six weeks, they're going to hate you for it. Because I swear, I promise, I promise, I promise, it's going to become noise. And they're going to go, why is he still talking? I know all about the potluck. I know all about the fall fest. I don't need to know this anymore. And you might say something new. But because you've said it the same way six times, they're going to miss that new thing, that last minute detail, that thing that's really important because they've already heard this before. I used air quotes when I said that. You couldn't see them. They've already heard this before. And technically, air quotes, no, you haven't. So last, let's talk about some of the promotional mistakes that you need to avoid. Uh, Very common mistakes when you're promoting an event. We've talked about timelines. We've talked about crescendo and making it exciting. and, And start with a small announcement and then go into some skit. Or whatever at the end to make it big as you get closer to the event. But here's some things you don't want to do. And the first is the most important, guys. Don't focus on features instead of the benefits. Features are things like there's going to be bounce houses or food or entertainment. It's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. You don't want to miss it. Blah, blah, blah. Yes, they do. Because they can go get those things anywhere or find something more fun to do. Why would they come? Focus on what's in it for them. And don't assume that because you said there will be food, they get that they get free food. Don't assume that because you said there will be bounce houses that they understand they're going to have fun. That their kids are going to have fun. What you need to say is your family is going to have a blast at this party. And there's all these things that are going to happen. You can mention that stuff, but make sure your focus is... This is what's in it for you. You have a family outing, it's safe, the food is free, and you get to be around people that are really awesome and have a night of fun. So, whatever it is that you're promoting, make sure you are telling people why they should come, not because it's good for them. I mean, if if we did things because they're good for us, we'd all be vegetarians. But we're not. We like hamburgers, well, cheeseburgers and pizza. Why do we like that stuff? It's not good for us because we don't make decisions based on what's good for us. We make decisions based on what's in it for us. And I, I think if we just continue to, to try to figure out what's in it for our crowd, then it's going to help them want to come. And when you're doing announcements, especially from stage, it's all about motivation and not really that much about information. Speaking of which, don't hammer them with information for six straight weeks. Again, like I said before, it becomes noise. Websites have the info. They don't come. People don't. How do I say this? People don't not come to events. I hope you follow me there. People don't not come to events because they didn't know the information. They don't. They they don't. Oh my gosh, I'm getting turned around. They don't come to events because they don't want to come. They don't want to. You haven't given them a reason to. So don't hit them with information. Hit them with inspiration. Be clever, be creative, and do your best to get them there. But speaking of information, don't leave off the important stuff when you're trying to tell them what to do. They need to know where to go. They need to know what time. They need to know what time it ends, especially if they have families. They need to know how to plan because if they don't know how to plan, then it's going to be too complicated they have to guess. And they're not going to take a risk getting out of their house and doing all that hard stuff if there's a chance this could go wrong and they're not going to go. Also, you've got to respect the hierarchy of events. Just because an event is important to a department leader does not mean it's important to the life of the entire church. So you're going to have to be a communication directors. You're going to have to be the guard of what gets promoted and, and talked about where, um, sometimes you can just say, Hey, this is not really a front announcement. This is an email to your people, especially if it's like a leader's meeting, you don't need to tell everyone in the church that you're going to have a VBS leader's meeting. You don't need to do that. You need to email the people who have signed up and volunteered to be a VBS leader that, Hey, today, stay after church. We're going to have a leaders meeting. They're the only ones that are going to care about that. And everybody else, you're going to waste their time. But so respect the hierarchy of events. Some events don't matter to people in your church. I personally don't care about, uh, events that are going on with our senior adults. I'm sorry. It's not that I don't like senior adults. I'm just not one. And I don't have anyone around here that is one in my family that is involved in my church. So what happens with senior adults, I don't need to know about that. And so if they're talking about senior adult stuff, I'm going to go, well, whatever, who cares? So make sure you're respecting the hierarchy of events. And last, don't rely on just one place for all your promotion. If all you do at your church is upfront announcements, I bet if you thought a little bit harder, you could find two or three other places. There's the bulletin. There's probably a weekly email. There's probably some way you can post it up in your hallways. There's that you can talk about it with your small group leaders and they can announce it in their small groups. There's a bunch of different ways to promote things if you just think about it for a second. And chances are most department leaders are going to come to you and say, I know the best place to get things announced is right there at that front of the church right before we leave. And truth be told, oh, my pastor, if he says it or or if he tells us to go, then everybody's going to go. That might be true, but you're kind of putting a lot of pressure on your pastor, too. That's not really his job. That's yours. So find a way to communicate these things that in, in different ways that keeps people guessing, because honestly, that keeps it interesting. When you keep kind of seeing it, this event pop up in different ways, um, I, if you don't do a potty press, which is like a little small eight and a half, what are they? Regular sheet size. So eight and a half by 11 poster that's on the wall in the stalls and above your urinals with stuff. You're missing a huge captive audience to tell people information and stuff that's going on. That is one of our best pieces of communication that we print because when people are there at the urinal or they're in the toilet, they're reading what we put up there. Just like, I mean, it's something to do before they put their pull their phone out and start doing other things on their phone, unless they're at the urinal. That's gross. Don't do that if you're at the urinal. But don't rely on one medium for all promotion. You, you get to be a one trick pony, and things start to get become noisy again, and people start to ignore it. So change it up. So if you're promoting events. There's a lot of things to think about. It is an exciting thing that you get to do. It is also a daunting thing that you have to manage. But if you can figure out how to get some of these systems down and start putting this stuff into practice that we talked about here in this episode, I promise you're going to start to see people more informed, more aware, and at least more excited about things that are going on. Because if you're going to cut through that noise, you've gotta get some practices in place. Uh, events are always gonna be part of the life of the church. We're never gonna be able just to go, I don't think, to a place where it's just all online, or and even if it is online, we're scheduling events to meet up online, so we're always gonna to have to promote something. And if we're not good at that, if we're not trying to get better at that, then there's going to be people that miss out on opportunities to connect to community, to connect to the gospel, and we can do something about that, guys. We can do something about that. So feel free to drop any more tips in the in the show notes page. It'll be at sethmuse.com slash 71, and uh, you can comment on that page, or hit me up on Instagram, or you can join my Facebook group, and I'd love to talk about this stuff a whole lot more. Thank you guys so much for listening. I'll catch you later. This episode of the Seminary of Hard Knocks podcast is brought to you by Texas Chili. We don't need beans to make your stomach hurt, buddy.